In old school games, life is cheap. Don't be a dope. Bring your pole, oil, and rope. And try not to go down in a heap. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Down in a Heap podcast. I'm your host, Rob. A very excited Rob. And yep, I'm podcasting to you live from beautiful northeast Minneapolis. Why am I excited? I finally got a long-awaited package in the mail. This has been (laughs) some trials and, well, not trials and tribulations, really, but some waiting and emailing and signing up for uh, tracking information on the U.S. Post Office. So this is uh, a package from, well, it says, Excited? Why not tell your friends on social media about your new stuff? Do an unboxing video, write a review, or post some cool photos. Well, I'll do as much as I can here. This is a parcel from Monkey Blood Design, which means more Midland's goodness. And this is, uh, as I mentioned in a previous episode, I had backed a Kickstarter, the latest one that Glenn Seal and Richard Marpole did, for an adventure called the Bats of St. Abbans. And I knew it had gone out in February, and Tim Shorts did, uh, of, at Gothridge Manor, did an unboxing uh, episode in it, I think around the 23rd of February or something. And I was waiting and waiting and waiting and starting to worry that some porch pirates or something had grabbed my package, but I was tracking it on U.S. Post Office, and it just wasn't giving me any updates whatsoever. So I filed a formal inquiry with them, and the conclusion they came back with was it hadn't actually reached the U.S. Post Office yet. Which, <laughs> so, so I contacted Glenn on Discord and let him know about it, and just ask, hey, could you make inquiries on your end? Because I'm coming up with nothing on mine. So he, I mean, and I mean, this has been, if nothing else, has been uh, enlightening in how generous and accommodating and responsive Glenn is. Uh, if you if you don't need any more excuse to uh, back his Kickstarters, buy his products because they're the quality is exceptional and the content is exceptional. Uh, know that this guy is uh, very <clears throat> dedicated to uh, keeping his customers happy and just has a very generous nature and stuff. So, um, by all means, support Glenn and Monkey Blood Design. But so he right away was on top of it. I mean, his. I think it was less than an hour, and he replied to me and was looking into it and discovered that, lo and behold, my package was in Melbourne, Australia. So somehow, uh, the shortest route to Minnesota from the UK is uh, the opposite way around the globe. (laughs) So then it got, uh, so he was keeping track of it. We were kind of going back and forth, communicating a little bit, and... uh, it just kind of stopped on the 17th of March. It basically said it had left Melbourne, but it no updates. So Glenn actually took it upon himself to say, hey, I'm just going to send you another package. And if the 
the original one arrives, great. But uh, So I've got the original in my hands here. I half expected it to be like one of those old cartoons with a steamer trunk with emblazoned with all these stickers from various ports of call and stuff. But sure enough, up in the upper right-hand corner of the postage mark, it says that it was sent on uh, February 15th, 2021. And my address is circled in red ink like it, you know, got uh, mislaid somewhere along the way. But it looks fairly intact. I mean, it looks a little bit beat up and compressed, but it also looks like there's quite a bit of packing material in here. So we'll see if it's how it's survived its round-the-world journey. Ooh, I've been waiting so long for this. I'm so excited. So, yeah, it's... It's bubble wrapped, and the, uh, and the wrapping appears to be, uh, the bubbles are still intact, so. I don't have a cool Swiss Army knife like Jason or uh, Ray Otis. I just got this. Beautiful uh, matte gray box with gold lettering and uh, the monkey blood design insignia. And inside. And inside we have a bunch of other goodies. Uh, <laughs> this is actually the next day. April Fool's Day. Happy April Fool's Day. Um, I listened back to my the unboxing and there was... For some reason, I got into these really hushed tones. <laughs> so it was, well, I did do have a little bit of reverence for this, but uh, but it's not useful for a podcast. Plus, the things I was saying, it was mainly me just, ooh, ah, and, <laughs> and sounds of page flipping and stuff. So I've actually, yesterday, <clears throat> after getting the package, I devoured the first are a couple issues of the Midderzine because yes, I, I have more than the Bats of St. Abbans in this box. I, because I was getting a parcel from the UK, it made sense to try and maximize the shipping costs a little bit, right? So I picked up the balance of the Midderzines. I had the first issue and thought it was excellent. So I picked up issue two, three, four, and five, and then uh, another adventure in addition to the Bats of St. Abbans, Chewer of Fingers. So the Mitterzines, they are, I believe, 24-page uh, zines, so 25 with the, with the covers. Um, the covers in a very durable hard stock, and the interior pages are pretty weighty paper. Um, they're uh, full-color uh, covers in green, of course. It's Mitterzine, more green for your game. So, of course, it's going to be green, right? Uh, and then the interior has um, black and white art and illustrations, as well as, I think every one of these has at least one map and often more. Uh, so the second Mitterzine here, more fodder for your the Midlands OSR campaign setting. In this issue, 
Meet the Mitterlander, Edwin Nagy, the New England Wizard, more rumors from the Haven Gazette, a new cult, the vile sign, some slightly less, less shit random tables for creating containers of liquid, and plus one weapons and armor. Port Mulhollow, an underground settlement. New monsters, pig seers, bile dogs, and dunglings. A new class, the Woad Rager. New oddities, including Laird McRae's Prime Haggis and Screaming Sporans, and more. So we open it up, and yes, there's a like a little, there's an intro blurb, um, a brief interview with uh, with Edwin Nagy, who is I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that incorrectly. I apologize. I've heard baseball players with that name <laughs> pronounce both Nagy and Nagy, so I'm not sure how Edwin. Uh, pronounces it, but um, it's just a, a series of questions which, <clears throat> in in all the, the Mitterzines, Glenn interviews someone that has contributed to uh, the Mitterlands project uh, and has this series of questions that he asks. And then the Haven Gazette, which is kind of like rumors and stories, uh, kind of fleshing out the setting and what's going on around that you might hear of. And at the top, <laughs> it's it is funny, the latest in hushed murmurings from around, across Havenland and has this month's Gale Grim Count, which is a, a listing of how many people have died or disappeared in hideous ways. Murders, 198. Hangings, 302. Burnings, 32. Taken in the night, 144. Possessions, 9. Turned into devil, Six. Drowned, 312. Mud cow stampede, 14. Explosion, 6. Lost at sea, 622. Executed by witchfinders, 109. Lost in the midter gloom, 64. Consumed by neighbors, 4. Missing, 1,910. Taken by a plague, 311. Spontaneously combusted, 10. And Consumed by Badgers, 13. Um, so that's just kind of a taste of uh, that and then all these uh, uh, different headlines so like you might see in some kind of posting or something. The Lucky Bazaar's Golden Lion Man. Walking Pigmen of North Northwich. Lord Mung's Stolen Tankard. The Blood Well of Fetterstone. Dead Dogs. And then a new cult. The random tables are very cool. They're uh, uh, they're very useful too because yeah, we all know that giving someone just a plus one dagger is kind of boring. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's it's very useful, but to give it some flair, um, Glenn has these tables, these a collection of tables for spicing up your game. Roll for each column and combine. So let's roll up. A couple of these things so we're rolling in the slightly less shit plus one weapon so first we roll a d30 to see what kind of weapon it is and we get a 26 a bastard sword and then we roll another d30 to see what the additional quality of this is so it's a plus one bastard sword what else and we get a d30 is a three it can cast light once per day as a level one caster well that's pretty useful but not all these things are necessarily good. They're interesting, but 
Like, for instance, it could be uh, 12. When swung or fired thrown, it makes a kind of electric humming sound. So, there's a taste. How about the slightly less shit plus one armors? Well, again, we roll a d30 to see what kind of armor we're talking about. And we get a, a four. It's a cuirass. So, like a breastplate kind of thing. Um, and what's the additional quality beyond it being plus one? Ooh, a 30. The armor, headgear, or shield constantly bleeds. <laughs> well, that's, hmm. That's uh, messy, I guess. And, uh, yeah, has all kinds of ramifications, I guess. Uh, how about slightly less shit containers of liquid? First, we roll a d30 to see what kind of container it is. We get a six. It is, ooh, an emerald. Maybe just green glass? Hmm. It looks... A 28. It looks like ice. And it smells... A 7, like mint. Tastes... Like 20. Perfume. Or, I'm sorry. Uh, it tastes like leeks. And the effects on the imbiber when drunk... R27 turns them into a small monkey. <laughs> ah, that's great. And then, so there's also you roll a d6 to see the container size. Um, and all effects last 1d turns and can be used once unless otherwise noted. Then we've got um, Hex is in a unique location, and in this, uh, he details this small settlement called Port Mohalo, which is an underground settlement, and it's very atmospheric. Um, I think many of us have created a little underground city uh, for campaigns in the past, and they can be kind of a, a cool like gateway to the underworld, and maybe there's a, um, maybe this is some kind of exchange point between the species, the sentient beings that live underground and those above ground. I, th I think of, what's the one under water deep? That's kind of the, one of the classic treatments. Skullport, is that what it's called? Anyway, that's kind of along these lines. And we've got n new monsters. These are all statted out for swords and wizardry, but, you know, like all Glenn stuff. But, um, well, he's got a, he's got a 5e version of the mirror ones that uh, was kickstarted recently too, so he's branching out into other uh, systems as well. But with, of course, with standing it out for swords and wizardry or really any uh, old school game system, it's easily adapted to any of the other ones, right? That's one of the beauties of it. And of course, if you know your own system pretty intimately, it would be pretty, well, maybe not easy, but it would be doable for you to convert any of these things to Pathfinder, 4th Edition, maybe BRP and stuff too. Um, but we've got a Pig Seer, a Bile Dog, and a Dungling. A new class, the Woad Ranger, or Rager, I'm sorry. So this is kind of a, a bit like a, a Berserker for, uh, for the Midlands. It's definitely <clears throat> done from a Scottish point of view, so kind of like a Scottish Highlander. Um, but I, I think it's well done. There's 
a few new spells, and some new oddities that are kind of based around the uh, Wode Rager. And then new flora and fauna, we've got a, an underground tree, um, which is pretty cool. So that's an example of what you get in a Mitterzine. And issue three, it's uh, Meet the Mitterlander, Pookie, the Wordmancer. More rumors from the Haven Gazette, Six Oaks, a town in Kentshire. New monsters, the Eyeballers, and Gloomium Elementals. A new class, the Phantom Piper. New oddities, including Gripe Scat and Royal Paradot Brooch. And more. That was also good. Um, then I've got issue four. Meet the Mitterlander, Mark Nolan, the Rudgley Murderer. Rumors from the Haven Gazette. A Goman Vampire in London. A new location for Great London by Gary Dawkins. The Ophenicus Villa, a building location near Shroomsbury. A new class, the Serpentist. New monsters, oddities, and more. And Mitterzine number five. More fodder for your Middlelands OSR campaign setting. In this issue, meet the Middlelander, Juan Ochoa, the Pixel Wizard. Rumors from the Haven Gazette. Abbott's Bream, a merchant town in Staffordshire. The, new, uh, the town market, a market in the town of Abbott's Bream. More slightly less shit tables. A new class, the Scottish Immortal. March Woodkin, uh, Silver Hand Rings, Legendary Turnips, and more. Well, let's take a look at the random table in here. We always like rolling on random tables, right? So we've got slightly less shit curiosities. Uh, this is a D30 table, so it's just something that you can maybe use as a, like a treasure or something that you just find somewhere. Maybe something that a character starts out with. I rolled a one. A silver coin with a concealed compartment for hiding secret notes. <laughs> uh, slightly less shit animal companions, familiars, pets. Oh, this could be fun. So first we roll a d30 to determine what kind of animal it is. What is your companion? It's an eight. A seagull. And it's trait. It sneezes a hail of mucus when uh, when it sees blood. And the advantage that it has, let's see, number 19, it can decrease its size by half, so it can become a miniature seagull. Hmm. And then there's a... Uh, D30 table for old Goman artifacts. Let's see what we get here. An eight. Iron fish hooks. And there's a short story. Yeah, so yeah, these Mitterzines are great stuff. They're perfect for adding flavor to your Middlelands game. Or, you know, like a lot of this stuff could be reskinned, reflavored, and uh, or not even. You know, you wouldn't even have to really do anything in, in many cases to use it in your own campaign setting. So let's move on to the other goodies that I got in the box. Can it help fight the sorcerers? The second thing I got from, from Glenn in this order was uh, the adventure Chewer of Fingers. 
and this was a Kickstarter project, I think that was done early last year, so early 2020, and it is a one-shot adventure session for the Middlelands setting, intended to be played in two two-hour sessions or one four-hour session. This adventure is intended for four second-level player characters and provides a flavor of the setting for newcomers, but a fun scenario for those already familiar with its theme and tones. The players can create their own characters or use the ones provided in the pre-generated character section. And this came with, um, yeah, the four, four pre-gen characters on uh, heavy paper. And it's done on the a Midderlands, or a, like a Swords and Wizardry character sheet that Glenn designed with a, a Midderlands flavor. So it's the hit points are, for instance, like a an outline of a an actual like anatomically correct heart uh, saving throws um, open staring eye with a huge pupil uh, and then for like the keeping track of how many coins you have he's got an outline of a coin on and the size of it based on what it is in the middle and it's kind of cool but so there's four pre-gens there's a cleric uh, a half-elf magic user, a hook-nosed wart goblin fighter, and a human thief. And these are all filled out, ready to go with all their equipment, their, uh, the weight of the equipment they're carrying, even their, uh, um, the amount of coins they have and stuff. So these, this could easily be like, uh, you could use them as NPCs if the, if the players prefer rolling up their own characters. You could use them as hirelings or henchmen. You could use them as another uh, a rival adventuring party. Or maybe it doesn't have to be rival, but just uh, another adventuring party that the, the characters can run across and kind of hear about what they're doing, too, in the background. Uh, and maybe they become rivals. Who knows? But uh, I don't because the next two things, uh, Chewer of Fingers and Bats of St. Abbans, are adventures I intend to run. I don't really want to go into much detail because my players, shh, they listen to my podcast. So that always makes it challenging to really talk about my games on my podcast. Uh, but suffice it to say that Chewer of Fingers has on the inside cover a map of the area that the the adventure takes place, then it has the, uh, the pre-gen characters all on a one-page spread for each one, uh, then it has, there's one nice little um, detail in this, it's, so it's printed in, in black and white, but, but then in the text, some of it, just little things will be in green text, and that's to indicate specifically text that's specifically related to the Midlands as a setting and presented in green color and that's to call attention to this um, to help the GM during plays you know set the, the feel and tone so something like a reward of 20 and then gold quids will be in green or a light rain falls from the olive-tinged drab above, and that's because the, the sky often has kind of a green cast in this setting. 
but the adventure itself is really the uh, characters attempting to find an, an escaped convict. Uh, there's a map of a small town, a small village, a tavern. There's uh, a table for how the, the PCs hear about this, how they become involved. There's a map of the jail and some pictures. Oh, that's one thing. All the, the NPC or the the pre-gens all have a, a headshot illustration too. Oh, there's this is cool. There's a glossary of terms here associated with the the Middlelands setting that could be useful to make a copy of and just hand out to the players so they kind of know what's going on. But this looks like it could be. Uh, I'm sure it will be a fun adventure to, to run. And this is uh, 29 pages, including the inside cover uh, map and the back inside cover, which just has the OGL on it. But it's a uh, very nice, sturdy little pamphlets, saddle-stitched, like the Midderzines are saddle-stitched, heavy cardstock cover, which is done in a, a matte black uh, with uh, the title and design all in in green so there you have it that's chewer of fingers and that brings us to the last item the main thing what i backed in the kickstarter the bats of saint abbans by richard marpole so this is also an adventure and came in this, uh, some of the, the uh, stretch goals for the Kickstarter, I believe, were the last one was having it in this cool box. It also has a couple of bookmarks that have uh, their full color um, with a, a tassel on the top. And on one side is uh, an illustration, a color illustration, and one it's, it appears to be like a, almost like a floating blindfolded acolyte um, and the other is I believe a snapshot of like a stained glass window um, or a blow up of detail of a stained glass window and the reverse on these bookmarks have uh, associated tracking items and um, shorthands for tracking important uh, items in the adventure itself. So they're both uh, beautiful, functional, and uh, useful <laughs> little props to have. Now, the I think a couple of the other stretch goals were to have uh, maps, which I don't have a ruler with me, but I'm guessing they're like maybe 12 by 18 or something. One of them is a full map of the village of St. Abbans. Um, and then it's got a... And it also has the uh, Abbey Cathedral. And on the reverse, it has the full picture of a stained glass window, or illustration of a stained glass window, which is kind of a rose hues, reds, whites, grays, um, features eyes, bottles, and grapes, and goblets, 
Very cool. And the other is an ecclesiastical timetable, uh, time tracker, so it's a, a round tracker for tracking the uh, what the, the human inhabitants of Abbey follow a strict timetable, sleeping, rising, eating, praying, and working at specific times. So this will give you a taste of that kind of Benedictine kind of, you know, rigid order. And on the back it has uh, D12, yes, D12 tables for generating events at each of these in each of these time periods, what might be going on inside, uh, presumably inside the uh, Abbey Cathedral during the adventure and stuff. And the adventure itself is divided up into six, or I'm sorry, four little booklets. Three of them are saddle stitched, stapled. Uh, the first is Maps and Handouts book. So this, I think you could easily take out the staple on the inside and it has yeah inside it's got um, a map of a full color map of a section of the Haven Isles it's got maps of a smaller version of this large map of St. Abbans the village uh, it has quick NPC reference table so stats stat lines it has headshot illustrations of the NPCs that the, uh, that are involved in the scenario, presumably. And then it has uh, maps of the levels of the Abbey Cathedral and a section through map of the Abbey Cathedral. And then, yeah, handouts, little scraps of paper and uh, missives that presumably can be clues or artifacts that the the players find. This is really cool stuff. Uh, it's all fairly heavy paper and yeah, full, full color. Um, the background is kind of a, almost like a green-gray, almost like a stone or parchment kind of color. The next is an intro and non-player character book. So this has uh, Oh, cool. An adventure flow chart. The, an adventure summary. Always useful to just kind of give you, give you a taste before you dive in. The themes and setting. Uh, detailing the, the, the town of St. Abbans. Adventure hooks. And then the non-player characters. Looks like it's two per, well, one or two Per page, it has an illustrated headshot where you find them, and um, just a brief little uh, look at the NPC information. Uh, and in some cases, if I think if it's intended to be someone that might be uh, engaged with, you know, on a greater point, or maybe just the ones that have like an actual character class, they're statted out. So this is very useful stuff. I think having a, especially like the illustration, a picture paints a thousand words, right? So you can, you can, I think, more readily breathe life into these NPCs for having this handy guide and illustrations. Very cool stuff. Oh, it's even got a, uh, <clears throat> a random monk generator. 
<laughs> and a relationship diagram. So how all the NPCs perhaps know one another or how they might interact with one another. And an index. Very useful. And that's 36 pages. Um, then it's got a bestiary book. With, uh, yeah, as you might imagine, just the unique monsters that and creatures that you run across here in this particular adventure and maybe that you can use in the, the setting overall and this also has an index it's 24 pages and the adventure itself and this is a larger booklet so it is perfect bound i think there's probably a limit on how many pages you can have and have it um, saddle stitched but the adventure itself, fully illustrated, uh, very cool illustrations. And yeah, I'm not going to go into this because, as I said before, I don't really want to give away any spoilers, not only to uh, you, my wonderful listener, but my players. <laughs> more importantly, more uh, uh, succinctly, or more... To the point my players so the layout cover art cartography additional text and project management in this was glenn seal the text is richard marpole interior art is public domain jim magnuson and glenn seal editing by matthew pook play testers edwin nagy steve dempsey james holloway matt luck james uh, bai i'm sorry if i'm butchering some of these names Ozzy Beck and others, special mentions, and yeah, so it's, this uh, looks like it more than is fulfilling my hopes, let alone my expectations. Um, very happy to have received all of these products from Monkey Blood Design. So there you have it. If uh, these things sound interesting to you, and they should, believe me, all this, all the stuff that Monkey Blood Design puts out is great. The original Middlelands, the Middlelands Expanded, uh, the Folk Magic of the Haven Isles, the Mitterzines, Chewer of Fingers, Bats of St. Abbans, and the other things that I haven't bought yet, but I will be getting eventually uh, from from Glenn the the third. Uh, book in the Merlin's series, The Great City of London. Um, that's definitely on my radar. It's, I mean, just exceptional quality. Uh, the books and booklets are um, anything you could hope for, really. The, the content is exceptional. And the person behind it all, Glenn Seal, is, in my experience, my experience with him is, is exceptional as well. So, I mean, I'm, I'm supposed to be, because Glenn felt so bad about this delay and the potential loss of my order, he sent me a second package that's, I think, due to arrive today, uh, that he sent uh, Priority Federal Express at his own expense, and uh, I feel guilty now having gotten this, so I'll be getting kind of a duplicate 
of, of these items and my intent is to spread the love. So um, I'm going to figure out some way to spread this to, to you guys. So maybe I'll have some kind of contest or other thing for people that maybe that contribute to the podcast or something. I don't know what I'll do. Uh, maybe I'll just draw names out of a hat from, <laughs> from people that call in or something. But, um, but stay tuned for, um, for ideas or for, for that kind of thing where you too might get a copy of one of the Mitterzines or Churro Fingers or even the box set of Bats of St. Abbans. That's all assuming the package arrives uh, in great shape, which I don't have any doubts in. This one, having made the trip around the world, everything was fine. The outer box for Bats of St. Abbans uh, did incur a little bit of the bane of Tim Short's. Uh, a couple of the corners are dinged up on the box itself, but I mean, not not badly really. It's I mean, it's noticeable, but it's no no big deal. And, and the the materials themselves are great. So um, check out Glenn's stuff. You can find uh, you can find it on drive through via PDF, and I believe well you might be able to get. Uh, print-on-demand copies of some of the stuff. I haven't looked uh, at it myself. But you can also go direct to Glenn at www.monkeybloodesign, all one word, .co.uk. And that'll take you right to Glenn's site where you can uh, purchase things through his online store. He's got his blog there talking about all things monkey blood and villains. You can get PDF, or you can get these beautiful hard copies as well. Um, not going to lie, shipping is expensive, but it's well worth it in my estimation. These are beautiful artifacts and excellent content. I can't say enough good things about it. And I feel very strongly about supporting the producers that put out this kind of quality work and specifically, the small producers, the independents. Watsi gets plenty of money. They don't need any more money. You could probably say the same thing about Paizo um, and Chaosium. They have plenty of fans. Next time you're thinking about buying one of the things for, from those big companies, maybe instead think about throwing some change at some of the smaller producers instead. And I know I'm preaching to the choir. Most of the people that are listening to Down in a Heap already are um, supporters of the DIY uh, community and uh, but just my final little plead there <laughs> it's I mean this stuff is all just top-notch again can't say enough good things about it about the products about Glenn about monkey blood design so thanks for listening uh, till I talk to you again 